Chapter Thirteen of Tom Swift and His Motorcycle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry, Johnson City, Tennessee. Tom Swift and His Motorcycle, by Victor Appleton. Chapter Thirteen, Caught in a Storm. The more Tom tried to reason out the cause of the men's actions, the more he dwelt upon his encounter with the tramp, and the harder he endeavored to seek a solution for the queer puzzle. The more complicated it seemed, he rode on until he saw in a valley below him the buildings of the town of Centerford, and with a view of them a new idea came into his mind. "'I'll go get a good dinner,' he decided and perhaps that will help me to think more clearly. That's what Dad always does when he's puzzled over an invention. He was soon seated in a restaurant where he ate a substantial dinner. I'm just going to stop puzzling over this matter, he decided. I'll push on to Albany and tell the lawyer, Mr. Crawford, perhaps he can advise me. Once this decision was made, Tom felt better. That's just what I needed, he thought. Someone to shift the responsibility upon. I'll let the lawyers do the worrying. That's what they're paid for. Now for Albany. And I hope I don't have to stop, except for supper, until I get there. I've got to do some night riding. But I've got a powerful lamp, and the roads from now on are good. Tom was soon on his way again. The highway leading to Albany was a hard macadam one, and he fairly flew along the level stretches. This is making good time, he thought. I won't be so very late, after all. That is, if nothing delays me. The young inventor looked up into the sky. The sun, which had been shining brightly all day, was now hidden behind a mass of hazy clouds for which the rider was duly grateful, as it was becoming quite warm. "'It's more like summer than I thought,' said Tom to himself. "'I shouldn't be surprised if we got rain tomorrow.' Another look at the sky confirmed him in his belief, and he had not gone on many miles farther when his opinion was suddenly changed. This was brought about by a dull rumble in the west and Tom noticed that a bank of low-lying clouds had formed, the black inky masses of vapor being whirled upward as if by some powerful blast. "'Guess my storm is going to arrive ahead of time,' he said. "'I'd better look for shelter.' With a suddenness that characterizes summer showers, the whole sky became overcast. The thunder increased, and the flashes of lightning became more frequent and dazzling. A wind sprang up and blew clouds of dust in Tom's face. It certainly is going to be a thunderstorm, he admitted. I'm bound to be delayed now, for the roads will be mucky. Well, there's no help for it. If I get to Albany before midnight, I'll be doing well. A few drops of rain splashed on his hands as he looked up to note the state of the sky others fell on his face 
there were big drops and where they splashed on the road they formed little gobules of mud i'll head for that big tree thought tom it'll give me some shelter i'll wait there his words were interrupted by a deafening crash of thunder which followed close after a blinding flash no tree for mine murmured tom i forgot that they're dangerous in a storm i wonder where i can stay he turned on all the power possible and sprinted ahead around a curve in the road he went leaning over to preserve his balance and just as the rain came pelting down in a torrent he saw just ahead of him a white church on a lonely country road to one side was a long shed where the farmers were in the habit of leaving their teams when they came to service just the thing cried the boy and just in time he turned his motorcycle into the yard surrounding the church and a moment later he had come to a stop beneath the shed it was a broad and long furnishing and good protection against the storm which had now burst in all its fury tom was not very wet and looking to see that the model which was partly of wood had suffered no damage the lad gave his attention to his machine seems to be all right he murmured i'll just oil her up while i'm waiting this can't last long it's raining too hard he busied himself over the motorcycle adjusting a nut that had been rattled loose and putting some oil on the bearings the rain kept up steadily and when he had completed his attentions to his machine tom looked out from under the protection of the shed it certainly is coming down for keeps he murmured this trip is a regular hoodoo so far hope i have it better coming back as he looked down the road he espied an automobile coming through the mist of the rain it was an open car and he saw three men in it huddled up under the insufficient protection of some blankets tom said they ought to come in here there's lots of room maybe they don't see it i'll call to them the car was almost opposite the shed which was close to the roadside tom was about to call when one of the men in the auto looked up he saw the shelter and spoke to the chauffeur the latter was preparing to steer up into the shed when the two men on the rear seat caught sight of tom why that's the same car that passed me a while ago said the young inventor half aloud the one that contained those men whom i suspected might be after dad's patent i hope they he did not finish his sentence for at that instant the chauffeur quickly swung the machine around and headed it back into the road clearly the men were not going to take advantage of the shelter of the shed that's mighty strange murmured tom they certainly saw me and as soon as they did they turned away can they be afraid of me he went to the edge of the shelter and peered out the auto had disappeared down the road behind a veil of rain and shaking his head over the strange occurrence tom went back to where he had left his motorcycle things are getting more and more muddled he said 
I'm sure those were the same men, and yet... He shrugged his shoulders. The puzzle was getting beyond him. End of chapter 13